Yep, it's Frantic Times! I will start. No, is it your turn or my turn? Welcome to the Best Frantic... Frantic Welcome, Welcome to, to the. the <laughs> Welcome to the best of frantic times, <laughs> featuring the frantics. I'm Peter Wildman. And I'm Paul Chato. You're being an ass. <laughs> we are here today to play you some of uh, the material from our radio series, Frantic Times, which right, was on CBC Radio many years ago. And now it's called the best of frantic times because we've taken the best sketches. They're we, here we for think. you today. <laughs> no, we, we know for sure. We know for sure. We That's know right. for sure. And this first one, I think, is a very special sketch. Two isn't very, it, very special performers. That's right. This. Talented. Aren't they talented? Yes, they are. That's right. Peter Wildman and Paul Chato in, in Car Noises. Yes, sir. Uh, I want to talk to someone about a problem I got with my car. In the mechanics bay, ask for Jim. Jim? You can't miss him. He's gargling. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, excuse me, Jim? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my car's been making some funny noises. Well, where is it? Well, it's at home. I, I didn't want to drive it. I was afraid to. What kind of noises? Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Um, when I start it, it goes... That sounds like the spark plugs to me. Oh. What happens when you rev it? Uh, sort of goes a... And when you shut it off... <laughs> That's called run-on. Oh. Well, what does it sound like if you were to take it around the block? Um, well, I get in. Well, listen, I'll get in with you, okay? <laughs> Turn the key. Your seatbelt. Oh, sorry. Okay, here goes. Now I sometimes have trouble shifting in the second. Try double clutching. Hey, your windshield seems a little dirty. I'll turn the windshield wipers on. <laughs> Sounds like you're out of wiper fluid. <laughs> hey, let's check the pickup. Uh, pass this guy here. can't sustain the power. It's, it's your air intake. Take a deeper breath. <laughs> That's better. Okay, okay, now uh, turn at these lights. Can you fix it? I'm pretty busy this morning. I know it's wrong. Yeah. I can fix it, but you'll have to leave your dentures in the shop overnight. Okay.
And now it's time for the letters to the editor of the Frantic Times. Dear sirs, did you ever say something at the exact same time as someone else? And you both laugh about it and think, what a coincidence. Well, we are 38 people who were in a ShopRite catalog store when we all started to say the same thing at the same time. What's even more of a coincidence is that we've been saying the same things for three days straight. I mean, what are the odds? We tried to stop, but even suddenly saying something unusual. Thursday, turbot in my broom closet doesn't work. Any suggestions? We're going absolutely crazy. Stop. Oh, it's stop. Finally. Oh, it's oh, I'm great. Go Let me sign it up. Sincerely, 38 people in a ShopRite catalog store. P.S. It started again. Hello, I'm Mr. Interesting. Love is a many splendored thing, generally speaking. But specifically speaking, it's a seven splendored thing. I counted. This is the best of frantic times. Today, on the Unexplainabilistic, we look at unidentified flying objects. Do they exist? Have we had extraterrestrial visitors? Or are a lot of people just lying their heads off? Dr. Jerome Hibble explains. There is overwhelming evidence that we have been visited by beings from space throughout history. What sort of proof? Pens. Pens? Pens. What happens to pens? I lose ten pens a week. Where do these pens go? To mysterious aliens, where else could they go? Um, under your desk, behind a couch? I am a scientist. I have no time for foolish conjecture. Besides, they take my bus tickets, too. Uh, well, uh, Dwight Limp has been collecting UFO evidence for 30 years. Here are 4,000 photographs of alien spacecraft taken independently by people all over the world. Well, not one of these photos is in focus. Exactly. How could that be a coincidence? Well, well this one says whammo on the bottom. <laughs> Well, I think, obviously, these are highly developed, fun-loving aliens. And here's a picture of a dog catching a flying saucer in his jaws. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Newton Phoebe claims to have seen an armada of UFOs above his house. It was the most terrifying experience since breakfast. Well, what happened? I ruined the carpet. Well... Well, what did you do next? I ruined the couch. Yes, yes. But then what? I ran outside, and in a few moments, I was soaking wet. It was, it was raining. No. Oh. <laughs> then I looked up and saw the lights. Oh, they well, just got it. Uh, uh, can you... <laughs> then I looked up, and I saw the lights. Can you describe these lights, Newton? <laughs> there were millions of them. All twinkling, I had a terrible feeling that every light had an alien inside, 
who wanted to hit my head with a hardwood sample. Herbert Stufflop claims he had a close encounter of the third kind. Oh, uh, everyone thinks I'm crazy. You know, even my wife, she was so confused, she thought I was sleeping with my secretary. I see. Well, what happened? Well, uh, I was sleeping alone one night uh, because my wife was out visiting her mother when all of a sudden a spaceship landed in our victory garden and sucked me inside. Oh, I was stunned to find that they had sucked my secretary Ingrid in, too, and they stripped us. Oh, they, they, they stripped you? Yeah. And then they forced Ingrid and me to perform gross, indecent, but highly satisfying acts on, against our wills. I see. Well, not all witnesses are disreputable. Uh, the policemen, doctors, even this Supreme Court judge. Oh, yeah. They hit my secretary, Ursula, and they stripped us and put leather-like boots on my feet. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, obviously, UFOs do not exist. There is absolutely no evidence that they do. You have been listening to The Unexplainableistic. Eliminating Deviance. Oh, yeah. I, see, I remember this one as being uh, uh, with uh, race and religion in it. That's correct. Is this one of the ones that we have to have a disclaimer saying... Um, this was really funny in the 80s, but maybe, you know, if you're into safe zones and... I don't remember being that dodgy. No. Catholics it's... and Masons and race. Well, maybe it is. Let, we can listen. That's right. It's called Eliminating Deviance. And more appropriate now than ever. So let's listen and learn together. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, Thank you for showing me around your mansion, Mr. Gatesburg. Oh, you're a very gracious host. Think nothing of it, Jerome lad, and please call me Wendell. Oh, all right then, uh, Wendell. As soon as you applied for the vice presidency of Gatesburg Rubber, I knew you were my kind of people. Oh, thank you, Mr. Gatesburg. Uh-uh. Oh, I mean, Wendell. I mean, you're not a darkie, are you? <laughs> not even a little bit. Oh, no, sir, not a darkie at all. Not a darky, Wendell, dear. Oh, Veronica. Jerome, I'd like you to meet my wife, Veronica. Jerome's not a darky, dear. Oh, no. He's not a darky. I can see very clearly that he's one of our kind of people. Jerome, I'd also like you to meet my best friend, Harry Felton. Hello, Jerome. You're not a darky, are you? <laughs> no, Harry. I'm one of your kind of people. <laughs> it's so seldom we meet our kind of people. It certainly is. You know, when my great-grandfather first came over to this country, there were no white women for miles around. Lesser men married squaws. Oh, shame. Shocking, shocking. But not my great-grandfather. He was our kind of people. He married a beautiful white senorita. Did you say senorita, Harry? Well, you must remember that this was quite a while ago. You know, after all, I'm only 164th Spanish. Then, Harry, perhaps you'd be more comfortable with other 164th Spanishers. I'll fit your coat, Harry. You, you mean I must go? Please don't make a scene, Harry. Yes. But, Wendell, you and I have been best friends for so long. Well, those days are gone, you 164th Spaniard. Here's your coat, Harry. Yes, well, thank you. Good night, Wendell. Veronica. And you too, Jerome. Uh, good night, Harry. Uh, nice meeting you. You know, it's been an honor knowing you, Wendell. Don't, please, Harry. Don't drag me down with you. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, I, I suppose I shall abandon law and become a dancer or a looter or something like that. Uh, As you wish. Goodbye. Goodbye. 
How embarrassing. Did you hear that wetback call us by our first names? I'm sorry you had to witness this scene on your first visit, Jerome. But I thought he was your friend. Oh, he claimed to be a friend, the conniving spick. But to what end? To think he wasn't white. Or Anglo-Saxon. Or Catholic. Did you say Catholic, Jerome? Oh, I meant Protestant, of course. I'll get your coat. Oh, oh, Wendell. The name is Mr. Gatesburg, boy. Here's your coat, papist. (laughs) Well, uh, thank you for a lovely party. Oh, Wendell. And to think we believed that dirty little Catholic was our kind of people. Scandalous how I misjudged the scum. Well, I suppose this little party's over now. Oh, no, Wendell. Let's not let those deviants spoil our good times. Let's have a little party of our own. What kind of party, my love? Well, after all, you're a man and I'm a woman. I'll get my coat. (laughs) Goodbye, Wendell. Uh, Finally, I'm with my kind of people. Well, that wasn't so bad. No. Okay, so here's the next sketch. It's called Telling Someone They'll Live. Good morning, Doctor. Oh, and how are we today? At peace. I've finally come to terms with my death. Well, I've got some great news. So do I. I realized how empty and meaningless my whole life has been. I've given all my money away to charity. We made a mistake. So did I. But I admitted to my wife that I only married her for her inheritance. I told my boss what I thought of his stupid business. Mr. Williams, I have some news for you. I even phoned up my bank and confessed to an embezzlement I pulled off a few years ago. After all, what are they going to do, lock up a dead man? (laughs) Mr. Williams, I have some bad news for you. What? What's wrong? You're going to live. What? (laughs) The x-rays. They got mixed up, and turns out you just had a hernia. What about my acute whatchamacallit? That was Mrs. Corbett's. She died this morning. No. That was supposed to be me. I can't live. You can't make me. Why me? I have too much to die for. It it was a slip-up in filing, honest. You don't know what this means. I was at peace, relaxed. Now I have to go back to work? Oh, my God, my job. My wife. My embezzlement. Calm down! You don't know what it's like to have your death snatched away from you! Put down that bedpan! (laughs) Are are, are you sure there's nothing they can do for me? Positive. We fully understand hernias. (laughs) Isn't there something you could do? Let an intern do the operation. Use dirty clamps. Sneeze. I'm afraid not. There's limits to my powers. Yeah, well, well, thanks, Doc, for, for telling me straight. If, if there's anything I can do to make the next 50 years more comfortable. No, Doc, that's okay. I think this is just something I'll have to work out for myself. Yeah, home at last. I'm starving. Overtime work. Give it to Wilbur. He lives alone. No one's waiting for Wilbur. Oh, well, let's see what's for dinner tonight. 
Oh, yum, yum, yum. Two-week-old rye bread. Crusty mayonnaise. Oh, and some delicious processed cheese. Oh, what else is there? How about a salad, Wilbur? Yeah, a salad. Good idea. Who said that? Me, down here in your hand. Ah! Hey, pick me up, Wilbur. You don't want dirty cheese, do you? Talk, talking cheese, I'm going crazy. I've been living alone too long. You're not crazy, Wilbur. A little high strung, maybe. Now, come on, pick me up. Yeah, but, 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 but you're a piece of cheese. It's not really cheese, Wilbur. Processed cheese. I don't believe this. Cheese can't talk. All cheese talk. You've just never spoken to us before. I wasn't talking to you. I was talking to myself. Talking to yourself? <laughs> now that's crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm lonely, lonely, but I mean... what? With us around? That's silly. Right, guys? Right. Wait a second. The bread just spoke, too. Great. Master of observation. Way to go, Sherlock Holmes. Hey, you lay off, Wilbur Brett. Listen to the big cheese talking. Ooh, I'm shaking in my cellophane. Cheese? Cheese is right, bread. Talking mayo? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. Please, old boy. I hate abbreviations. Snob. And by the by, may I salute you for not buying Miracle Whip? <laughs> I am going crazy. This guy's a stuck record. All I wanted was a sandwich. All I wanted was a sandwich. All I wanted was a sandwich. The guy makes big demands on the world. Oh, oh Brad, stop being such a smart aleck. Sorry, Cheese. Can I help it if I happen to be rye? <laughs> rye bread. I love it. I love it. Someone should be oh, writing Oh, shut it. up, Brad. Shut up or I'll feed you to the pigeons. Bravo, Wilbur. You told him. That's yeah. it, Wilbur. Hang tough. Now, go for the salad. All right, let's check out that vegetable drawer. Oh no, the vegetables have gone bad. Oh, wait, that tomato still looks good. I'll get that. Uh, there you go. Oh, thank you, sir. You saved me. Oh, so much for salad. Wilbur, come on. Make us into a sandwich. We're waiting. Oh, jeez, I couldn't eat you. Please, we'd love it if you would, Wilbur, old boy. That's what we live for. Yeah, but you're my friend. I, I, I'd feel like a cannibal. Cannibal, what a cream puff. I resent that. Sorry, cream puff. Look, I've had enough of you, Bread. You're first. All right, Ed, don't rip me. Careful. Now, now, please spread me on the bread next. All right, me mayonnaise. Next, me next. Yeah, just a second, cheese. Just a second. There now you slice go. Slice me up, big fella. <laughs> what? No, no, I couldn't do that to you, tomato. Please, I'm so ripe. <laughs> I, 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 I'd feel like a killer. You are a killer, big boy. <laughs> Oh, all right. Here oh, goes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Even slices. How I've dreamed of this. Oh, and you saved half for lunch, you big teaser. <laughs> hey, add the other slice of bread. Hurry up. Okay, but... Uh... Now, eat us. Eat us. I can't. Eat us. Come on, eat us. Eat us. Eat us. Eat us. No, no, I can't. I can't. Coward. But, Wilbur, you're starving. I, I know. Where's my coat? Where are you going, Hotstone? I'm sorry, I can't eat you. You're my friends. I'm going to McDonald's. But Wilbur, that's not food. <laughs> so I, I want to mention a dirty secret about the best of frantic times here. Okay, go ahead. Uh, this next one really isn't part of frantic times. Uh, how do we tell the audience? So do we be, are we truthful? Do we tell them this was actually recorded later on? Yes, because we formed together and we did stuff together again. Right, so... It's just really good. That's why it's here. That's why it's here. Yeah, why not? It's embarrassing, frustrating, disappointing. Why suffer from erectile dysfunction? Now there's help. 
a non-pharmaceutical, completely natural solution. It's PAS, the piece of ass on the side. <laughs> a piece of ass on the side is 90% effective in restoring complete erectile function. It's the all-natural solution. A piece of ass on the side goes to work instantly. You'll feel the relief and be back to your old self in no time. So next time you're out, why not pick up a piece of ass on the side? The piece of ass on the side may contain silicone, STDs, angry boyfriends, or kids. If you're older, overweight, or ugly, please consult your banker before using. If late-night phone calls to your home occur, discontinue. Side effects may include nausea and vomiting unless you turn out the lights for the poor girl. Some users may experience back trouble, loss of house, and financial headaches. PAS should be taken with a grain of salt. See fatal attraction before taking PAS. If you experience regret or remorse, tell your doctor, tell your therapist, tell your priest, but never, never, never tell your wife. <laughs> Him. Hello, everyone. I'm Michael Warren. Yeah, we yeah, know. We know. We know. Yeah. Now then, you have the advantage on me, I'm afraid. Well, I'm Doug Thorpe of Post Office Planning. Oh, pleased to meet you, Doug. Yeah. I'm Nancy Roberts, Undersecretary General. Pleasure, Nancy. Yeah. Uh, Harry Wilmhurst, Post Office Public Relations. Harry. Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave. Oh, what do you do? Watch TV. Uh, no, I suppose you've all read my proposals to modernize the post office. Yeah. Yes. Could you give me your initial reaction to my proposal? <laughs> I see. Were there no ideas worthy of consideration? <laughs> Nothing? <laughs> Possibly if I modified my position. <laughs> well, certainly you can't argue with the spirit of my proposals. Did you like the typing? <laughs> Does anyone here have a better idea? Let's go to a movie. No, no, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. Wait, I, I'd like to discuss my ideas further. Oh. Now, now, stop doing that with your mouth. Stop doing that with your arm. Oh, stop doing that. Oh. Now, tell me straight. Now, tell me straight. What is wrong with small-scale automation and branch plants? It's goofy. Goofy? Goofy, that's your assessment of four months' work? Really goofy. Yeah. <sighs> I see. Uh, Mr. Warren, I think what Doug is trying yes, to say is that the amount of work put into preparation of these ideas is secondary to the fact that they are mental. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Let's really go to mental. a movie. Come yeah. on. No, no, I'm sorry. No, wait, I'm sorry. No one is going anywhere until I hear some intelligent thinking. Harry. Now, Harry, what's wrong with the idea of the post office selling envelopes and stationery? Well, yeah. okay. Yeah. What if a tornado comes in and blows the envelopes in a circle so fast that everyone gets a million paper cuts? Yeah, right. Yeah. What happened? Think about it, stupid. Or, or, yeah. what if all the stationery and envelopes burst into flame for no reason and everybody dies? Yeah. No, no, wait a minute. No, I'm sorry. That's the most ignorant thing I have ever heard. Well, you just got here. <laughs> All right. What if... What if there were no fires and no tornadoes? Mm. What? And then the post office might make money off of envelopes and stationery. Um. 
Huh? Uh, okay, not necessarily. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. Right. Explain yourself, Dave. Oh. Uh. Okay, because okay, if you change the post office, right? Yes. Everyone will die. Yeah. 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 Can you expound a little, please? Okay. Well. Okay. First, we speed up delivery, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yes. And then we offer these special services. We start operating at a profit, right? Right. Right. And then we're driving home one night and a drunk driver smashes into us head on. No, right. 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 I'm sorry. Stop. Stop this nonsense. Are, are none of you capable of creative thinking? Well, what if we serve sandwiches? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, y- yes, but... but who comes to the post office to sit around and eat? I do. <laughs> yeah, Dave does. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. I, I got an idea. Good, I got good. an idea. Good. What if we charge money for the stamps? All right. Yeah. All right. That's good. That's good. Well, then, that's, that's, good. that's good, but we already do that, Harry. Ah, oh, damn it. Everyone's always taking the good ideas first. Yeah. <laughs> what if we had sexy stamps? <laughs> Ah, now that that sounds clever. Yeah, you can have gorgeous girls. Macho men. Tuna fish. (laughs) What? Oh, sorry, I was thinking of the sandwiches. Yeah. Now, now there's there's an interesting, a novelty idea. Yeah, like instead of a bust of the queen, we show the queen's bust. All right. You could look both sides. All right, all right, all right. Anatomical shaped stamps. Yeah, right. No, no, I, I don't know about extra. that. Edible envelopes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Postal yeah. meters are sexy. Yeah. yeah. Rubber stamps. Salmon loaf. You know. <laughs> no, no, I think this is going just a little new, too far. New postal carriers. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. That'd scare no. the dogs away. Live sex shows. I've seen postal cards. Yeah. Yeah. No, hold it, hold it, hold it. I think we've explored this idea enough. I know what we can do with leather mailbags. I'm sure you do, Nancy. Order, order, please, order. Now, maybe we should move on to new ideas. Like what, Mr. Warren? Um, uh, let's, let's see if we can catch a movie, huh? Hi, guys, it's uh, Rick. Uh, sorry I couldn't make it into studio uh, today, but nobody will tell me where you're recording these things. Nobody called me. Nobody. <laughs> anyway, that last one was good. Yeah. What's the next one? Oh, I think I know. All right. Who's <laughs> in the main drive? All right, all right. Hey, 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 look at that blonde coming out of the Eatons the over blonde. there. Where, where, where? Oh, over there, you jerk. All right, all right, slow down. Hey, baby, how about the two of us get to know and respect each other through shared experiences and mutual discovery? Exploring every facet of each other, emotional as well as physical levers, while still respecting each other's individuality and making a deep commitment with room for growth and flexibility. Did you see her face? Yeah, she wanted it so bad. They all do. (laughs) All right, it's time for a song because we gotta go. That's right, it's the end of times. What? It's not the end of time. <laughs> Sorry, it's the end of the show. Yes. But for some people, it's the end of times. Those poor bastards. That's right. At least listen to this final song. Before you before, end you, Before you end it, I think. Uh, this song, interestingly <laughs> enough, this song is called Nobody Likes Me. Oh, my God. 
I wonder if this was written about me. No. Uh, this was written by Dan for Dan. Uh, actually, uh, and uh, there's a guitar in it, and we're debating whether it's six strings or four strings, but that's something you people don't need to worry about. All you need to do is enjoy <laughs> it. Nobody Likes Me with Dan Redican. I'd like to sing a little song which I wrote especially to come down here and play. No, no, nobody likes me, nobody at all, nobody likes me, not even lonely people who are balding and small, they don't like me. My parents won't pick up the phone when I ring, or answer the door when I come visiting, and even at Christmas they don't give me a thing, they don't like me at all, not at all. Nobody likes me, I tell you they don't. Nobody likes me, not even when I offer lots of money, they won't like me. My wife Frida wed me to emigrate here. She says she won't bed me or let me come near. I say, what is wrong, what's disturbing you, dear? She says she don't like me at all, not at all. Take, take it away, Frida. Blow my mind. She tells me I'm whining and stupid and fat, annoying and cloying, and I sing like a cat. And when I play guitar, it's always the same chords, and I never know when to end a song. But I say Frida's wrong. <laughs> Nobody likes me, nobody at all, nobody likes me, nobody at all, it's one of those mysteries in life. <laughs> The best of Frantic Times was written, conceived, and performed by the Frantics. We have music under this. I we do. There's Frantics music That's right. Playing. Sorry, sorry. Keep going then. I will. No, stop. I will. Uh, the Frantics are Dan Redican, Paul Chattel, Rick Green, Peter Wildman. And there are some female performers on here as well. Meg Ruffman, Maggie Butterfield, and Carolyn J. Scott. Sound effects and production were originally done by CBC Radio, and they involved Dave Milligan and Kathy Perry. Uh, please follow us on Facebook. Uh, go to thefrantics.com, drop us a line and say, Hey! Hey! It's always fun. Uh, this program is produced by the lovely Derek Wellsman. Boot to the head! Boot to the head! Boot to the head! Boot to the head. Boot to the head.